When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Whoa. We're here. You're here. What's up? Graham Eldwood, everybody. What's going on? Not much, man. I made you homemade... You are amazing. Great. I didn't realize you. I come in and you're just like, I'm going to make some loose leaf green tea, <laughs> vegan fucking chakra f- fuel or whatever this. I was like. So L.A. And I'm not an L.A. girl, but like, is it good? It's fantastic. When you move here. That's pretty delicious. It's great. And it's so funny because like I don't drink coffee. I'm a green tea. I've never been a coffee person. Have you had it and you had an incident? I feel like there's always a story. <laughs> Was there a caffeine incident? Uh, legally, those. I'm not allowed to talk about it, uh, <laughs> Jess May. So, no, it was, I don't know. I always thought it was, everyone in my family drank it. And since I'm the youngest and my family's a little nuts. And I don't know. And I think it was college. You know, in college, when you got to stay up late to finish a thing. Yeah. I went for like Mountain Dew and Cokes. What did you go to school for? Uh, film. I was Just a film, film major. Like filmmaking. Yeah. Did you graduate? Yep. Where did you go? University of Arizona, Tucson. Are you from Arizona? No, from Chicago. Holy hell. So you went from Chicago to Arizona. That must have been a little bit of a culture and like just geographic shock. It was the greatest shock. <laughs> the girls there are very pretty. Ooh. Arizona chicks are hot. It was like, you know, you get in the Midwest and, you know, the weather and everything. I got to Arizona and I was 18 and just went, wait, what? Yeah, you're like, oh, chicks have like midriffs. Oh, they're all <laughs> hot and athletic. Yeah. Like, And I'll never forget, you know, the Midwest kind of conservative and... And then I'll never forget being a freshman walking around campus. And I was like, three women just checked me out. Checked you out. They were just like, mm. And I was like. You're like, you want, you want to be on film? I was like. <laughs> Do you want to be? <laughs> you want to be in my movie? <laughs> you want to be on my film? You ever what, been in what, a windowless van? Well, that makes sense because your podcast. Tell everybody what your podcast is before we get too deep. Yeah, comedy film nerd. So I co-host it with uh, Chris Mancini. You've been on it. Yes. And it's like my favorite subject, film. It was great. Yeah. So Chris and I were both comics, and we met a long time ago in L.A., and we're both filmmakers, and um, we both went to film school. Same school or separate schools? Separate. We met out here in L.A. doing comedy. Wow. And uh, he used to book this show at a Borders bookstore (laughs) in Beverly Hills, and back then you would get it. That sounds fucking terrible. It was, it actually got, there were some nights it was pretty cool. Yeah, you know what, I take it back, because you get those crowds in there that are just like there for a book signing, and and you already have like a setup for a show, basically. Yeah. And the chairs. And they loved it. It was in the corner, and you get a $20 gift certificate, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Basically a free book. You'd buy, or a CD back in the day. Oh my God, remember CDs? Yeah. Holy hell. It was crazy. I remember I was on that show, I did it with Paul F. Tompkins and. Pat Oswalt, and that was everybody. We all it was one of the shows you did. That you know, there are some pretty cool shows like that where, like, even in New York City, when I was in New York, there was like a laundromat show, and like there's a show in the park in Central Park in the middle of the day, which is always risky because I'm like, you know, it's like so hard getting a guy to like figure out where the clit is, and like a kid's like swinging on a swing <laughs> set right there. It's like, come see me at, come see me at the stand later. <laughs> hey, mom, tell your son. <laughs> Give him a heads up when he turns 15. <laughs> Just a weekend dad pushing his son on the swing set. <laughs> like, no wonder you got divorced. 
<laughs> Find the clit. Maybe she'll stay around longer. Find the clit. DecimatePeluso.com, everybody. <laughs> I'm trying to move away from dirty jokes. I'm trying to, like, what does Whitney say? One of my favorite things that she says, uh, that someone told her to perform to the height of your intelligence. I think it's, it's a thing. Not that you can't be intelligent and also dirty, because it's just how I was raised. I don't... I, I find, For me, like, I've had some dirty stuff in my act, but I find I use it too often as a crutch. Yeah, and that's... See, that's, that's what it problem. is. That The execution and the intent are what defines the whole joke itself. Mm-hmm. If you're using it to, like, get out of something or if you're using it as a crutch, it's no good. Late show Friday, and right, so I'm right. going to just you're throw... like, well, this will work. Right. If you're using it just to make it work... You gotta, yeah, you gotta dig in. I've t- a lot of young comics have come up to me after shows and said, Graham, what's your advice? And I always tell them, I say, learn how to work squeaky clean. Wow. I go, there's nothing wrong with having dirty stuff. Yeah. Like, I have, I used to close on a big vibrator bit, right? Like, God, I just wanna close on a vibrator today, like just today, in general. Right just now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wanna put one. You just looked yeah. right into my soul. <laughs> your pupils dilated. <laughs> Are you, cl- is your comedy clean? Pretty, I'm starting to go way more political. And is that just because your views have changed? Uh, it's not that my view, well, my views have kind of changed, but it's more like after the election, I was on Jimmy Dore's show. Yeah. And Jimmy has become super political. Obviously, he has this, po- this his, his YouTube show is 360,000 sub- YouTube subscribers. Jesus. And... I started to get into the world of like progressive politics and I really, after the election, I'm very left leaning, but I was like, you know what? I'm done with the fucking two party system. That's how I feel. I'm I'm not very political, but I've said this on multiple platforms. Like, why do we have, why do we have multiple parties, two parties? Why do we have all these parties? Like, why don't we just have a, a whole cabinet made up of people who, who represent each little area of, of politics? These two parties that take, Money equally from the war machine, from pharmaceutical companies, it's banks. so fucking corrupt. It's such bullshit. It and is. So I was like, I started my own YouTube channel called Political Vigilante, and then I just realized I'm gonna start being more political and doing like Jimmy Dore shows. And then I started these tours with Ron Placone, who's on Jimmy's show a lot. We started the Progressive Comedy Tour. It's a great name. Yeah, it was cool. And we're doing more of those. And so that, I, I was like, that sort of was my, f- now I'm like, we've done three of these tours. We in, And I also was just, did Jimmy Dore's show live at the 600-seat theater in Chicago. Yeah. You know, and then he takes video clips from it and 75,000 people watch the clip. And I'm just like, this is what I need to be doing. So I'm, I'm really focusing more on, it's easy for me I'm a cussy mouth comedian from Chicago. Like right. it's easy to just be like, ah, fucking cocksuckers, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. But you, it, it's challenging, I would imagine. It is. And so for you, like, do you want when you're getting into political comedy? Is your goal? I mean, obviously, you want to be funny and all of that, and and have you know an audience. But do you hope to move the needle at all? Yes, that's the goal. I'm just like, I'm done with. There's with just exclusively frivolous entertainment. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with frivolous. But if that's all that people have an option, I'm like, no. Because yeah. Because like, everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't bring politics into comedy. What? What? Where the fuck have you been? Yeah. Like, Carlin, Com- Lenny Bruce, Dick Gregory. Fuck. I mean, if you didn't have politics in comedy, it you wouldn't, would. you wouldn't, you wouldn't move the needle at all. Comedy you- is like the thing that, you know, it's so, it, it's just this argument. It's like you it's get- It's a laser for truth. It is a laser for truth. And people want to be like, oh, comedians shouldn't be able to say this, shouldn't be able to say that. No, you need us. We're the, we're the barometric pe- pressure tester of society. We're letting you know what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. We're the litmus test of culture and in, 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 in laws and in, in politics and, you know. And you know this, if you get somebody who doesn't agree with you to laugh, they're more, they're more- uh, open to going, eh, yeah, I see and, your point. And just putting a seed in their mind. Just yes. planning it. I don't agree like with here. you, but man, that's funny. Yeah, it's almost like if you get somebody to not agree with you, you get them to think more. Yeah. You know, because if, if you're performing to your audience, it's the same every time, of course. It's just going to be, they're right. not going to think twice about it. But if you get somebody who, they're like, well, no. You get somebody to go, no. 
And you're like, oh, yeah, it's the same thing like when you're performing and there's a heckler or somebody who, you ever perform and there's just a one person who hasn't moved? Yeah. They're just stoic, arms folded. Yeah. And you're just hyper-focused. <laughs> like, I'm going to crack this son of a bitch. It's kind of like that with, you know, just ideologies and getting people to change their minds. But wait, I want to go back before we go into politics too deep into uh, movie stuff. So, like, sure. what's your genre? I mean, because Halloween's coming up, and like horror is my jam. The horror, like, so Chris Mancini, my co-host, is way more into horror. Yeah, um, I love uh, documentaries. I've, I've, you nerd. I've directed two of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, I like to know facts. Uh, I'm into factual literature like information. and cinematography. <laughs> I like archival footage. <laughs> um, Are you in a Nazi <laughs> historical docus? Uh, if it's not a gritty black and white news for real footage, I'm just it doesn't resonate with me. Um, so I do like docs because I've I've made two of them. I like what are the ones that you've made? Uh, Afghanistan, which is Afghanistan. Right. What a great name! Thank you. It's a, that's available on Amazon Prime. It's the first time I ever I did a USO. I did seven uh, comedy tours in Afghanistan and holy Iraq. Hell. Yeah, so that was like a big part of my life. And so I did a documentary about the first time I went, where I just fucking freaked out and lost my shit, and then. I went. So you had a film crew with you. You knew you wanted no, to do the duck. How did me you? Me and a handheld camera. That was my film wow. crew. Wow. And we were like going to little fire bases. This wasn't some glitzy USO tour. Like it was. It was rugged. It was rugged, man. And we were like flying on Black Hawk helicopters. Jeez. Came under fire, sleeping in cots. It sounds like a like a, a movie. It sounds like Apocalypse Now too. It's funny because I I <laughs> went through that and I even. The Andy Creighton, who did my music for the for both my docs, he, I said we needed like doors. This is the end knockoff. Yeah. So there's a scene where we were like you tent know, music. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we had some tent music. Um, yeah, so that was my first doc. Left was just you. If you want to just watch being in a war zone through the eyes of a comedian, that's aw- what a great idea. What a great name. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. I have to watch it and judge you hardcore. Please. <laughs> Yeah, and then just tweet about it. Ooh, sucks. Graham's a dick. He drank my tea. Um, but then the What's second the other one, one was uh, Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, because Chris Mancini and uh, Dave Anthony, the three of us, was Dave Anthony's idea. He came to us in 2011 or 12 and said, let's create a podcast festival. So we started the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is it still going? Nah, we did it for six years. <laughs> That's a long time for a yeah. fucking festival, though. It was cool. Everyone thinks festivals just are automatic money printing. Oh, it's so hard. No. There's so many details. And like, even just getting sponsorship money Fuck. alone, like, that's grueling. The process is so grueling. By the time you get it up and running, like, look at the Sasquatch Festival. Didn't that, like, I know. cease to exist? We, Ironic? It, it was a great... <laughs> or did it? <laughs> look closely between the trees. I have a, I have a book somewhere that teaches you how to hunt Sasquatch. <laughs> It is. It's actually, I don't think it's a hunting because you don't want to kill it. It's more, it's a research guide oh. on Sasquatch. Yeah. Right. That's it's my wheelhouse. Good. <laughs> Your documentaries. I'm into more like, more realism, Sasquatch. <laughs> Sasquatch film. You can dabble in your wars and your new mediums, but does the Loch Ness Monster know Sasquatch? <laughs> Maybe you should find out. <laughs> yeah, have fun with your, oh, God, there's not water in third world countries. Wah, and people wah, are wah. dying. Baby's got a disease. Uh, do you know if ghosts are real? <laughs> Let's focus on the real problem. Do you want to talk to them? <laughs> um, so, you, so, like, what recent docs have you seen? Um, the, the, well, one of the ones that I really like is it's on Netflix is it's a three part series. The, um, uh, Bobby Kennedy for president. Ooh, I haven't seen that one. It's very good. And you want to talk about parallels to what's happening. He, you know, he had a really interesting, my neighbors are rollerblading upstairs. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't hear cause these are like directional mics, but my neighbors literally sound like that, that commercial that video of the couple <laughs> have you seen that video where they're just like this couple lives upstairs and it's just about upstairs neighbor noise yeah and they're just like smashing chains against the ground and just like walking with cinder block shoes and then like the film crew interviews the person who lives underneath them and they're like she's like what is she do what are they doing are they like walking in cinder block shoes and they're just like <laughs> that's fucking city life i lived in new york for 10 years this is what i thrive in 
You thrive in living underneath loud, skate parks. Loud. <laughs> Parkour! Well, I just want to smash. If I didn't have all these picture frames, I would just smash the wall like, what the fuck are you doing up there? Okay, back to the documentary. Yeah, your neighbors are racing vacuum cleaners, but we... Um, we <laughs> are racing vacuum... Racing vacuum... R.I.P. Paul Walker. It was too fast. Um... Yeah, so it's it's a Bobby Kennedy for president's a really cool doc, and it's parallel to like what's going on. What's going with Trump. on now? Have you seen the Trump documentary? No, I just think I just I I know I know so. Why did you say it like that? No, I'm just like I'm. You're over it. I'm over it. He's yeah. a piece of shit. He's yeah. awful. I blame the Democrats for him pinning in power. I, yeah, I you know, and I've said that too. I blame not even just the Democrat, everybody. Yeah, everybody. I got to see what the name. I think it was like the the. Oh. Trump documentary. What the hell is it called? It was like a three-part series as well. An American Dream. That's what it's called on on, on Netflix. And it's just, it's interesting because it gives you the background, like Trump's background and just all of his, uh, uh, like, real estate deals before and how those went down and how he handled it. It was, it was you know, you just go, yeah, that yeah, makes of sense. Of course. I, but I've, He's like, sort shit. of followed him since the 80s. And I've yeah. always been like, oh, yeah, this is... How are we shocked? This is what he's going to do. Like yeah. when he said, I'm going to, you know, when he said all that, his campaign was very populist in the sense that he was like, you know, I'm going to bring jobs back and all that stuff. I was like, no, a billionaire is not going to do that. A guy who was given a million dollars, he's not going to help people out. Look yeah. at his, look <laughs> at his so whole, true. it's not like he has a career of starting foundations <laughs> no. and building schools in no. poor communities. He's a career of fucking people over. Yeah, that's all he's done. Like every 1% are asshole. That's funny. Yeah, that's like, so true. I'm just like the whole, he's friends with the Clintons and the Bushes. They're all just they're fucking. All, yeah, they're all the same. They're, they're all, self-serving. He's just, I always say he's just the most vulgar version of what presidents have done. He is. And he's also the most vulgar representation of our society. And it's this, the silver lining, hopefully, is that we go, oh, this is our rock bottom. This is our political rock bottom. I think we needed him. We did. I think we really, Fuck I think yeah. America needed to go. We had too much hope with Obama. Oh, Obama, <laughs> he was so nice and polite when he was drone striking the fucking Middle East and killing yeah. bro- poor brown people. That's right. He deported two million people. Yeah. And we just, but you know, we people let it forget. Slide. So we forget. We don't. We're not. And I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm uh, uh, at fault as well for not being as involved as I should be. But this has made me more interested. That's well. That's the thing. Is like one of the reasons I started to get more political. I was mad at myself. I voted for Obama twice. I worked on his campaign in 2008, and then I lost. What'd my- you do? Did you write jokes for him? For <laughs> you like do this. One. That vibrator joke. I gave it to. <laughs> I gave it to him. <laughs> Um, try this one, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, and I, and I, I went, I lost my home. I, I went through foreclosure during his campaign or not during in 2010. And it was, damn, you were a victim of that whole yep. time. It was, it was, and I was Fuck. a direct victim of what Bush and then what Obama did. They both did it. And Obama let them steal mine and 5.2 million people's other homes. Yep prosecuted zero fucking people like one 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 guy maybe two yeah it's like it's like it's like when you bust a mid-level mob guy yep it's like oh they're slapping them in the back it's not even did you see 99 homes no michael shannon is that that guy's name Mm -mm. it's kind of like about what happened with that whole the the housing crisis and how people kind of capitalized and made money off of that. Well, a great doc is Inside Job, and that was a doc that opened my eyes that came out in 2011 or 12, and basically what Inside Job is, it showed these same people. Goldman Sachs has been in every presidential cabinet since Reagan. Like, Reagan did it. I just lost my breath and my green tea. Yeah, man. (laughs) So it's like I watched that doc, and I was like, and I was mad at myself because I didn't speak up enough. I remember I was married at the time, and when they literally the day they came and took our home and gave me the keys and a check and a little check for a couple of grand, and I was sitting there just so defeated. And my wife at the time said, "You got to get loud about this." She was from Brazil. And Were I you just, doing comedy at the time? Oh yeah. How long have you been doing stand up? Since I was eighteen. So you don't want to say you don't want to tell me the years. <laughs> I'm, uh, tw- I'm terrible I'm, at I'm math. Twenty eight. Um, <laughs> No, I'm thir- I've been doing it for 30 years. Wow. Yeah, I started when I was 18. Holy hell. Yeah. You look great. Thank you. You're doing well. You rode over here on a fucking speed bike. You're fine. <laughs> you have all sorts of accessories. I'm pretty sure your nuts are tucked in your asshole. You're doing great. 
securely in my butthole. Um, um, DVD title. <laughs> I'm writing right now, securely in my butthole. If that's not your next documentary about your proctologist exam, See, I don't we know. we were just saying we want to be more clean I'm and more sorry. political. You, than we you, went I right walked, to, it's your fault. I put my own balls you, in my butthole. <laughs> you did this to us. But I did it in a political way. You did. In a political <laughs> That's what way. I think. I did it. At that, those are the two parties. My balls are the Republicans and Democrats, and my butthole is America, and it's yeah. a euphemism. Oh, it's such a perfect euphemism. But my dick is progressive and independent. It is. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I can't imagine, like... Come suck the progressive <laughs> politics out of my dick. Guys, we're working clean. <laughs> this is our tight Jimmy Fallon late night five. You're welcome, America. That's the name of my next album. <laughs> suck my progressive dick. It's actually not a bad title. That's not a bad one. Title That's not a good one. At word. all. Okay. What it... So... You were married. What the fuck? Like, how did that? I know. I've just like dumped like 10 huge know, things to discuss. Foreclosure. <laughs> I've, I don't know if I've ever known anybody who's dealt with that, especially during that time when that was just, that was just the thing. That was what was happening. Foreclosures was, were happening at a rapid rate. So what they did, so IndyMac Bank owned uh, my mortgage. And when the recession hit in September of 08, I had really great credit. Um, you know, I hosted a bunch of game shows and I bought a house in 2000 and then it doubled in value and I sold it and moved to a condo by the beach in Santa Monica. And uh, you've got mail. And, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know how to turn that off. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's all right. I'm looking at our levels and then it's like, bing. Oh, it's a voodoo email. I gotta check. I gotta oh. check my Hulu account. Make no, sure ahead. that Hulu <laughs> is dialed in. Um, so yeah, and then what the mortgage company did is, um, I had really good credit, and I was, but I was, uh, I was hosting game shows, and then there was the um, oh five oh six. There was a strike, a writer strike. Oh, rem- yeah, I remember that writer strike. What game shows did I had hosted? You hosted? Strip poker on the USA Network. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And cram on the game show network. That's awesome. I did 300 episodes of TV. It was great. That's wild. And I was trying then to, the game shows went away in favor of reality TV after the strike. Yep. Because it's cheap. And they didn't want to pay union fees to anybody. Union writers, they didn't want to pay for anybody. So I was like trying to get in my, I had a host agent who was great. But I was just trying. I was trying to like get a manager, an agent. I was like, you know, I'm a comedian. Sitcoms, yeah. And all they the wanted me, to, all they wanted me to do was host. And the only hosting available was awful reality TV. And I was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And I had gone to Iraq, Afghanistan in '04 and '06, and it sort of very much changed my mind. Like, I don't want to do bullshit. Yeah. When you see when you see the reality, I was when like, you see that side of like what it takes for us to be able to do the bullshit. The irony is you don't want to do the bullshit. No. The more you live and you're exposed to like actual struggle and I turmoil. I fed Afghani orphans who would run across the side of a minefield. I was with Shay Matash. We fed them through razor wire. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, so you want me to do some like bachelorette? You want me to host? The bachelorette. You want me to host that? It's fucking... <laughs> yeah. Who's the housewives of whore town? You want me to fucking, you want me to do that? Survivor, you want me to do that? Oh, and God. And I was just like, I couldn't. I remember. That's, that's where your soul dies. The soul dies. It I really remember does. my host agent goes, Graham, I got you an audition at E. For- Which is really groundbreaking television. <laughs> I would personally like to take this moment to thank E for blessing us with the Kardashians. Oh, if we could drone strike an American facility. Um, and I remember my, this was like, my, so my agent had, he said, Grant, and I said, oh, cool. Cause they were like, it was, they were Joel McHale. I don't know. They were replacing somebody like that and on talk soup or something. And he goes, Graham. And I said, okay, cool. And he goes, I got to be honest. It was kind of hard to get the audition. I said, why? He goes, here's what the casting woman said. You know, we love Graham. He's coming here a bunch, but every time he comes in here, we feel like he doesn't, care and i started laughing i go his name was john i go john that's because i don't yeah i don't care and he goes graham i go all right and this is the joke i made to him i said all right john 
I, you know, the next time I'm shaking a wounded soldier's hand in Iraq, I'll try to make sure that I should keep up with the Kardashians. And he just let me go, dude, just don't make me look like an asshole. I said, all right. And I did my job, but I was like, that's what I was going up against. Yeah. And so I said, no. And I started putting, I had all this footage from going to Afghanistan and I put my own money into making this doc. And I, how much did you have to, did you have to put in? I don't know, probably twenty grand or something. That's not like too that. bad. It's not too bad. No, it wasn't like I put in a hundred or yeah. whatever. That's that's doable, I think. So like, and I wasn't on the road. Yeah, I was trying to like. So it was you were getting, you were in a, you were like sounds like you were creatively in a pivot. I was, but there was a cash flow problem. Of course, because the stuff that was burning your soul brings in the cash, but your soul. You just you literally you're 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 going you're looking at your hands and you're like one hand has your soul the other hand has like your bills paid and yeah. it's like how do you get that together mm-hmm. that's like the the ultimate challenge in this industry it was hard in most industries yeah and then so I was trying to figure that out and but the mortgage industry kept saying, oh, we'll refinance and take cash out and your home is, keeps appreciating. And I was like, okay, is this the right thing? I guess that's my, that's on me. Right. But part of it is like, I don't know, if my if I bring my car to my auto mechanic and say my brakes are squeaking and my mechanic goes, you're fine. Yeah. And I get into an accident. It is on me, but the, I'm not a mortgage guy. Right. So did you think at the time when, when you were dealing with the mortgage, like did you have any idea that, it would be, it would end up the way it did. Like, were you worried or were you just, did you feel safe? I felt safe. I felt like, well, I'll get another TV show with the, you know, you get, you, you go through a dry spell, but then you get another TV yeah, show. Yeah, it's just, it's highs and lows. And it's Ebbs a big and flows. fucking six figure paycheck. And yep. Wipe it all out. We're good. Yep. So I was just sort of floating on that. And then. And this was 2010? This is, no, when this you- is 2000. Five, six, seven, money started getting tight. And then going into 2008, I was then, then I started to get like stressed, like panic, panic. I'm barely getting by. Right. I'm borrowing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm Peter to pay Pauling yep. everything, but my home is still worth a lot. It keeps appreciating. Okay. I'm, st- I'm trying, I'm getting this movie made. It was, you know, trying to get this doc made. Right. I'm sending it. I'm trying to get the, I'm like, I'll sell the movie. It's, I'll get something. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm pitching TV show ideas of comics going into war zones and all this kind of stuff. When did you, when was the first time you knew there was a problem? Like it, when you were like, oh fuck. It was like summer of 07 going into 08. I was like, shit. And I had to like borrow money from family, and yeah. they were like, "Everyone's done that. I know. I've been through that. Everyone's been through that. It sucked." And my it parents does. were like, "Hey, man, what's going on? What's You're going an adult. On? What's going on? Yeah, now? like you've been in this business for a while." And I had just like then I I met my wife, and I remember my family was always very supportive of my career. But then when I got married and was having money trouble, they were like, "Maybe it's time for a real job if you're supporting a wife." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I go. This is my." profession yeah i'm not 22 trying yeah. to figure this out like, right this isn't like an after school special this is for real this is I, a career this is my choice and, and not only is this a career this aspect of it is a part of the career yes that you're you're in a valley right now and everyone you know that that happens to everybody and it's like when you get into this career you don't realize that the valleys are always around the corner yeah they're, they're, now they're bowling <laughs> Either someone's bowling or that was a body. <laughs> Someone threw a body in the kitchen. We're just going to see like a thump come over the side <laughs> yeah. past your patio. Uncle Larry's going to land on my fucking patio. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Just ignore him. The smell will go away in three days. <laughs> it's a carpet. <laughs> Burn some coffee. You won't even know it's happening. Do like the NYC detectives. Burn some brew, brew some cup of Joe's. So yeah, then that happened. And then the recession hit. So then... Wait a minute. Yeah. Now my home lost a bunch of value overnight. Ooh, like, ugh. And that was September. And usually, I used to get a fair amount of Christmas parties. Right. Especially being to a work? game show host. Yeah. yeah. To do Would stand-up. you do corporate? Yeah. Yeah, and those pay pretty nice. In one night, you can make what you'd make in a week or sometimes a month. Yep, you could, you could definitely walk away with a chunk of change. So when the recession hit, those all went away. Fuck. Yeah, because entertainment was one of the first costs that are cut. Whomp, yep, entertainment gone. goes away. And I was like, oh, God, 
all the networks, no any show ideas I had in development, anything oh, done, stopped. Oh my god, how do you? And then you go, oh, okay, okay. And then the this mortgage is where people industry walk into the ocean with cement it. shoes. Then the mortgage industry said, because I was paying my mortgage later and later in the month. And I knew that if you pay it after 30 days, that it'll affect your credit. But if you pay it at 29 days, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> and I was literally I like... <laughs> like bitch on a budget. Pack. I know. It was so... Listen, just... if you can't pay your mortgage, wait till the 29th. You wait till the 30th. They're going to come knocking. So you got 29 days to get your shit in. Bitch on a budget. It was totally that. <laughs> and so I was paying it later. on the, I was paying it on the 15th and the 20th. And that was like... You're like, I'm in China. It's the 29th yeah, here. Don't worry. <laughs> Check your watch, motherfucker. And I got this guy on the phone. And I was like, at that point, I was like, we got to rent our condo out. Right. And I was trying to get that going. Because mm-hmm. I knew I could get a lot for it. Right. Very nice. It was four blocks from the beach. And um, this guy on the phone at IndyMac said, look, we see you're having trouble. He goes, there's a lot of stimulus money that just got put out there by Bush. If you wait till after 30 days, then we'll help you. And that I said, That sounds real fucking shady. Right? Yeah. And I sounds said, like They're going to come around the back with a package. Yeah. Oh, like you're good late. fellas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go around, right around the back. Yeah, it's just go. Just, yeah, just yeah. go. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great scene. I'm so happy you knew that scene. Of course, baby. Comedyfilmnerds.com. <laughs> um, help so. pay our mortgage. <laughs> Always, always be plugging. We don't have diapers. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. And then they said, and this was like October, November. Yeah. And I had just finally got a tenant to rent my apartment, my condo. And I was like, and, and my wife and I moved into a one bedroom and I was like, Fuck. awesome. And they came in and said, we're going to put you on a forbearance. We're going to cut your mortgage in half for three months. And in that three month time, because this is all new program, we're going to restructure your loan. Because I'm like, I don't want a free handout. They're like, well, take the money you owe and just restructure your loan to a, to a lower payment. Because my payment had gotten so high from right. all the borrowing, right? And I said, awesome. And now with that mortgage payment cut in half and a tenant, I could pay my mortgage, my apartment. It was like, this is great. So right. now the investment of my home. After three months, they went, oh, you don't qualify. And you've been making half payments for oh three months. Oh, my God. Uh, and I was like. And then, yeah, because you told me to. You told me to. You told me to. This is like, it's like, it sounds like an abusive mom. Yeah. So oh, that, my God. So then, during that time, I find out later, One West Bank, at the time run by Steve Mnuchin, who is now in Trump's campaign. Oh, great. Um, bought up a bunch of mortgages like mine for 30% of their value. And went, because a friend of mine lived in a shitty neighborhood. Yeah. And when the recession hit, they did it. They restructured his loan, and he, he never had to foreclose because they knew they couldn't resell his house. Because it was shitty. Shitty neighborhood. Oh. I'm in a nice neighborhood. Right, right. You're, you're I mean, nice neighborhood. You're in, like, one of the top real estates in the country. So they went, let's get this guy out of here because we can sell his mortgage. We bought, we bought his mortgage for 30 cents on the dollar. Yeah, and we so- can sell it. For more. Triple. And make a profit. So, so that's what they did? They just fucking made everybody homeless and yeah. made their money? Obama comes into office, does the same thing. Stimulus money, and I'm like, oh, good, Obama. That's why I voted for. Fuck Bush and the Republicans, man. Here we go. Obama put a seven, another $700 billion in stimulus, so it was now we're at $1.4 trillion in stimulus between Bush and Obama. Jesus. I mean, I'm going to pretend like I know what that means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what that means. I know what it means. They're basically borrowing money. Well, yeah. They right? took taxpayer dollars yeah. and gave it to... Banks. Yes. Because yes. the banks God. will help Thank us. God. The banks okay. will help us. Right, right, right. That's all they want to do is help right. people. Oh, Big corporate yeah, banks. No, banks want to help. Oh, Citibank. Yeah, you can't audit Federal Reserve money at all and banks want to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Federal yeah, yeah. Reserve's great. These are facts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, they're facts. And the Klan isn't racist. They just want to support proud white people. Yeah. <laughs> the Klan isn't racist. White people are repressed. <laughs> So then uh, Obama got sworn in, new stimulus plan, exact same thing happened. We'll put you on a three-month forbearance. After three months, oh, same thing again. So then they say, like, so when you pay the half payments, do you still, like, after the three-month period, do you owe all the half payments? Now You're, you're three not- months <gasps> behind now. Oh, God. 
God, that's a nightmare. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Well, what about what just? What, what about our deal? We just had a deal. No good. And then so from the from the time of you doing that first three month program to them knocking on your door and taking your keys, what was that time frame? Sixteen months. Oh my God. And I after they did it the second time, I hired a lawyer. The lawyer told me, stop making payments. Once you get close to foreclosure, they don't want, they want to keep people in their homes. Well, that not at that point, not then. I didn't know. Not when they knew they could, not when they knew what they could do. When they knew that what they, and I didn't find out till like a year or two later that One West Bank was doing this. And One West Bank, Steve Mnuchin did this and they were aware of it. The attorney general of the state of California at the time could have prosecuted Steve Mnuchin because he committed crimes. That was a woman by the name of Kamala Harris, who I will not fucking vote for because she's a nut. This is why I'm so done with the Democrats. They're just as fucked as the Republicans. This is why the whole system's rigged. So Kamala Harris is now a senator. They're grooming her to run for president. And all these people got their hands in these corporations. They're 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 paid. Yeah, they're getting paid. paid. Of course. They're they're literally just puppets by these other people that want it. When Obama left the White House, he got paid... Two three hundred thousand dollars to give a, a a speech at Cantor Fitzgerald, which is a big fucking bank. Just one speech. Yeah, one. And people are like, why? Oh, you didn't vote for Hillary because you hate women? No, because she got six hundred thousand dollars from Goldman fucking Sachs to give speeches. She's corporate God. and evil. I'm sorry. I mean, I got like six hot dogs last year to talk at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, right? I got equal com- rights. I got a comedy club T-shirt, so <laughs> basically, I'm on the take. I got I got a punchline hoodie once. I got a, I got a funny bone Omaha drink koozie. So I made fifteen hundred dollars for yeah. six shows. Yeah, I'm <laughs> bought and paid for. It's fifteen hundred dollars rolling before taxes and expenses. <laughs> wow, you came home with seven hundred and fifty dollars after your plane ticket and rental oh, car. Oh, I know. It's like you get so you get the the fee. You get like what your rate is, and then you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then you're like, oh wait, taxes. Ooh. There goes half of it, and then you're like commission. Ooh, there goes twenty yeah. percent of it, depending on what your you know your team is made up of. And then you're like, oh, I also need food, gas, travel, uh, just living expenses, yeah. and stuff for my you know life, and then maybe something to save. I owe money. Oh, like that's what it comes down to. Oh, money. It's just, and I can't imagine like. But at least healthcare is so great in this country. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, it's so great. Richest country in the history of the world, and we can't have free health care for everybody. I know. I had a face rash, and my doctor put me on the strongest steroid I've ever... I, I don't take shit. I don't even take Tylenol. Right. And And I was like, all right, I guess... I don't take anything, and for some reason, I just started taking it. I told you that when you walked in. Mm-hmm. Methylprednisol. And sure. I just was looking up the side effects after I've already been on it for three days. And I was like, oh, that's why I've wanted to murder myself for the past three days. It makes you depressed. Good thing my skin rash is gone. I know. <laughs> Side effects are hang yourself, set a puppy on fire, and, you know, skull fuck a toddler. But at least, uh, you know, your nasal. Guys, we're working on our clean. <laughs> skull fuck a toddler. Thank you for holding me accountable. Second DVD title. <laughs> skull fuck a toddler. I'm just right. I'm just jotting that down. I blame my parents for when we lived in Germany for a year when I was six years old, and they took us to Dachau. Excuse you? Yeah. You ever taken a six-year-old to a death camp? My Is that parents really? did. Really? Yeah. Dachau. That's uh, it's like Auschwitz. It was the one outside of Munich, Germany. Where, why? What did they say? This Educational. is what can <laughs> No wonder you like documentaries. Yeah. I just, I'm surprised. Yeah. I, I was the youngest of four, so my, my sister was 14. Probably an appropriate age to, yeah. to learn about. You're probably studying that in high school. Yeah. My other sister was 11. A little early. A little early. Brother, nine. Tad early. Tad early. Definitely early. And six-year-old Graham. Very too early. Yeah, you're just starting to flick your little, your pole down Don't even know it's there. Just using, like writing your name in the snow. (laughs) You're just learning it. And you're like, oh, what what is this pile of sunglasses? Oh, hey. (laughs) I said sunglasses. Did Ray-Ban? There were a lot of shades in Germany in the the 40s. Was Ray-Ban here? (laughs) Sunglasses. Look at all these flip flops. <laughs> Can you imagine me giving a tour over here? Are sunglasses? I don't know. They're regular glasses. I can't do math. What's a deductible? Somebody help me. Adulting is hard. Oh. I just I've said deductible more times this past weekend than ever in my life, and I'm like, oh, I'm an adult now. But like, okay, so you get the keys. Um. Oh, so 
So then, yeah, 16 months, the lawyers told, uh, the lawyers told me don't make any payments. That was, I find out later, that was an awful mistake. <sighs> but again, I'm asking these experts. I don't yeah, know. You're, you're literally in it as it's going on. It's like dealing with a zombie apocalypse and you don't know what the hell it is. And like, you know, afterwards you're like, yeah. oh, oh, it's I like the to, Vietnam yeah. War. Yeah. 1965. Well, we'll just commit 5,000 more troops. Well, this should wrap yeah, it up. This will be great. <laughs> this will help it. This won't expand. This will be quick. <laughs> yeah. This won't make it any worse. No. And so, you know, they finally, they finally took it. And when did you know they were going to take your house? Did they send you an, like a letter? <laughs> did somebody call or they just show up? We went to, um, they said we're starting foreclosure proceedings in December of 2009. My attorney said our last ditch effort. We're, so file bankruptcy that buys you an extra couple of months. Right. And then we went. What a stressful, I can't even imagine the amount of stress. It's and people do that with children. I can't imagine. I was we would been married a year. It was so stressful, and she was from another country. And I just I wish now I could. Uh, yeah, I, I just like you wish you could what? I just I'm so sorry she had to go through all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not how you want to spend your first year of marriage, <sighs> but you know, welcome to America. <laughs> <laughs> she got the true American dream because that's really like that's the core of the American culture. Buy a home. Yep. That's it. Buy a home. It appreciates in value. That's the single greatest... Owning land. Owning land. That's the single greatest um, uh, pathway to wealth in America to yeah. make you go from middle class to wealthy. That was yeah. the system was designed for... We have class movement. A lot of societies don't. No. It's, it's, you can't. I you mean, can't. Look at India. You can't move within that's it. the class. That's, whatever you're born in, that's it. That's it. And you don't get to talk or look or any of that. That's the caste system. Yep. And America's like you get to work. You were born into poverty. You get to work. You're born in middle. You get if you, if that was that's the American dream, which is sort of a marketing thing now, in my opinion. But it's like you get to do that, and I did it. I, I busted my ass. I got on TV. I made good money. I bought a little home in the valley, and then I it's a you know like I did everything you told me to do. And so it's crazy that you got the American dream and then you lost it. Yeah, and what, the one, you how know, did some, that like? Well, you beat yourself up. Like I'm like, if I would have started renting my place out a year prior, I would still own it. Right. It's timing. And, and here's a question, because you're sober. Mm-hmm. Um, were you sober at the time? No, I got sober in 2002, so I've been sober, yeah. Wow. And if did I that, was did still that drinking... try you at all? Were you tested at all during that stressful time? Because <sighs> I know stress is a trigger for addicts to dip back into their vices. Were you ever like, did well, you ever fall I, off the wagon? Let me say this. I'm not an alcoholic. Right. I just stopped drinking. Right. When I stopped, I thought if I can on my own, I'm going to go to AA. Right. So I don't have the disease of alcoholism. Right. But um, I'm an adult child of an alcoholic, so there's a lot of compulsive behavior that comes in being raised in that environment. So, but I just know drinking is not good for me. Yeah. You know, it's we're comedians. We can drink for free every night. It's so dangerous. It can be a train wreck. Yeah. And we've seen it. We've yes. seen... All of our friends. All of our friends. <laughs> yeah. We're in this generation now where people are more health conscious, but... I and when I hear, like, all these young comics now, like, cocaine is back, I'm just what? like, you guys are idiots. Losers. But everything's cyclical. Yeah. It's all cyclical. I mean, I, overalls is, like, my fashion cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> They're back, and I'm like, yeah, 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 you guys want to start a startup? I'm going to fucking tie off my vein <laughs> for those overalls. <laughs> so were you, like, ever... You, so you never... The, you stayed was, sober through it. Yeah, it That's was impressive. the hardest thing. And this past year has been been pretty tough for some other things. But like that that period of that financial stuff, because what it happens is like, and then my career is like difficult. Yeah. It, it was, in 08 is when I started, like Doug Benson goes, hey man, I know you're a headliner, but you want to go on the road and open for me? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And I, so this was in the middle of all of that. So that was the thing that was the bright spot. Because I was like, no one wants to hire me. I can't get an agent. No one even gives a shit about my documentary about Afghanistan. Maybe I'm not good. Like yeah, you, question you start yourself. to question yourself and like your path for sure. And then I'd go on the road and go do shows every night, and I'd crush. Yep. I literally was like asking God or the universe, or whatever. I'm like, are you telling me to get out of show business? Is yeah. this what this is? If you are. I'll, I'll, I'll tell me what you want me to do. I yeah. was like, fucking whatever. And I would go on every stage and I, and crush and I go, okay, so clearly I'm good at this. I'm meant to do this. I got to just figure out another, like how to monetize it. Yeah. And then podcasting started getting, we started comedy film nerds yeah. and, and, and like, 
So in there was like, in the pain of that and the self-doubt and the... I've always been a fairly confident guy. Yeah. It takes a level of confidence to do what we do. You, you got to just have a yeah. like, fuck it, I can do this. Yep, but also there's an equal amount of vulnerability and complete insecurity that mirrors that confidence that, you know, when you're going through something like you went through, it can break you. It can break you. It can totally break you and shake you off of your path. But, you know, how great that you... It, in moments like that where, like, Doug Benson coming up and asking you to go on the road and you realizing that there's something to hang on to, that's the sort of thing that keeps you alive. It does because, and actually, I liked the road. There's a lot of, as we know, we were talking about before, and I'm sure you've talked about, there's a lot of challenges on the road. The, the sleep patterns. <laughs> we were talking about the gastrointestinal yes, challenges. Oh, shit, if you try to eat healthy, it is <laughs> fucking brutal. Um, but like, but then I was like, you know, I'm making my living as a comedian. And I would always come back to, you know, I had to really find, really work hard because I was that, it was that dark and that, and then a marriage that's not going well. That started to fall apart. Yeah. How could it not? You yeah. know, like really hard. I mean, I feel just like, God, she moved to this country to get a, I mean, it's just like. To get ugh. a better life. Yeah. And but it's not, you, you had no way of knowing all of that was, it just honestly was timing and terrible circumstance that you yeah. guys were a victim of. Because otherwise, you know, maybe. So in some other life, some other place, it would have worked out. It would have worked out. You know, had I just, oh, here's another game show. Here's another big right. income. It would have been like, come to America, the land yeah. of milk and honey. I got it. Don't yep. worry about yep. it. I'll pay for your English classes. <laughs> come like, to America, you know, the land of foreclosure <sighs> and fuck. Land of corporate fucking lies and class warfare. Um, <laughs> the land of foreclosure and shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Land of a near suicidal husband. <laughs> title America the land of the near suicidal husband a documentary about how I almost walked into the ocean during the crisis I gotta tell you there's been so many moments where I was like so I started you know going to um you know, like a, it's. I'll just say it. I'm, I go to Al-Anon, so it's yeah, like that's fine. There's no shame in that. Right. I've had so many different people on this podcast, and I just for, my like, listeners love all the real shit. I like just it's a, it's not. There's no. I don't have any shame in it. It's just the. It's an anonymous program, yeah, so right. part of me feels like you should sh- keep it. Keep it anonymous, right? Um, but and even there, it was like finding you. Like you really got to dig deep and find the gratitude. So I was always forcing myself because you know you're on the, and you can do this on the road too especially in show business it's so easy to compare it is this it, person has this big movie especially and this TV with social sh- media all uh, you know you, you, all, and you here can, i'm at the emmys and you're like i'm in a strip mall telling yep. jokes to nine drunks <laughs> like in comparison is a thief of joy we yeah. all know that it's a great quote that's a great quote. yeah i've read that someplace so i would go it was great to then go hey um I could be, you know, going to the war zones is like, you, you think your life's hard? Yeah. Sober the fuck up. Yep. These are some poor, these people. Perspective. These village got bombed. Children he, are reaching through razor sharp wires to get sandwiches. Yeah. I mean, a kid. A kid. My nieces and nephews don't have to play in minefields. They're like, is this organic? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go to Little League today. Oh, you don't want to play oh. Baseball. You want to go out in the park and have fun? Oh. You little twat. Wow. You want to go sell fucking food in the streets? Hey, where's my iPad? It's yeah. not charged. I need new shoes. Oh, you have them. Yeah, you also have like six pairs. You have six pairs have of six shoes. six pairs of sneakers, Lance. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like a Lance. You and Taylor, uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, you guys are fine. You both have your own bike? I can take you to a village where they have a soccer ball. You're That's lucky I don't skull the fuck toy. <laughs> um, So that was the thing, finding the graduate. And also, like, the perspective of being married to someone from another country. Like, Brazil's not third world, but it's got some serious it's got some, And it's also got some real corruption when it comes to, yes. like, you know... Uh, I feel like sex trafficking is a big Ugh, thing there. It's awful. The, the, beautiful, the people are beautiful. The women are beautiful. The it's, men are beautiful. It's just, and I remember my, you know, my wife at the time, she goes, Graham, if this happened to you in Brazil, we would be on the street. Yeah. And we just had to move to a nice apartment. Right. That's a one bedroom instead of the nice 
It's true. We can, That's true. There's a silver lining. I love her her optimism and her she outlook. She came from poverty, man. Yeah. Like, and and it's perspective. She came from middle class, but Brazilian middle class it's is like our it's our like poor. poverty level. Yeah, you know. And she's like, do, do, do you get? The, so I was like, she kept you afloat, man. Kept me afloat a little bit. She was really. I mean, we fought a lot, but how can you not? How it, can you not under those circumstances? How do you not literally set each other on fire just when she's asleep and resting? Soaking her and setting her on fire. <laughs> is this your album? This I, is <laughs> set her in, soaked, soaked and setting on fire. fire. My story. Jesse Peluso live. <laughs> How the housing crisis changed me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, and I'm I'm still friends with my ex wife. I was going to ask you that. She's really cool, and I haven't seen her in a while. And I've I really want to. I'd love to just go to lunch with her and just be like, Hey, man. Some gratitude. My my bad on some of yeah. this, and just I'm sorry. You know, like, you haven't done that yet. We've done that a little bit. Like I don't have any ill will for her at all. Yeah. And now it's funny. If I knew her now, she's like a flight attendant. She's an American citizen. She's lived in America for ten years. And I like God. If I met this girl now, right? Versus you know, right? Someone it's- I had to be sort of. And a part of part of that's on me. Like I got to take. You know, the thing about support groups and stuff is you, you have to, what's my part in it? You have to you really. You have to first. First. Yep. And some shit like, and what's out of your control? Yep. I have no control over a corrupt banking system and nope. corrupt politicians. Um, and I have to take part, I have to take responsibility for my part and stuff without beating myself up too. Yeah. Okay, so now I know if I ever own property again, don't be afraid to rent it out if, if it gets tight. Right away. Just rent it out. Don't go to the banks first, right? Nope. Never. Rent it out, yeah. Never go to the bank. Yeah, because they're looking for a profit. They're not looking for your best interest. They're not looking for how, oh, this guy's in trouble. We've got leverage. It's like you learn that. Once you realize someone's an addict, okay, now I know how to deal with you. Yeah, yeah. I can't trust you. Right. You're going to say Where's one your thing. base? Yeah. yeah. So I can't trust the banks. I can't trust the politicians. Okay, cool. Yeah. So if I ever buy a place again, I'll run it my way. Yeah. And I won't, I don't have credit cards. I, I oh god, I'm almost getting out of that too. Get out! You of don't it. have any credit cards. I have one for my corp. I have a production company. Yeah. I just directed a bunch of TV shows, so I got it for that. Yeah, but I don't use it at all. Nope. It's such a dangerous. It's such a dangerous space. Re- what? Well, it's the other thing that the gratitude and things. So going through this financial crisis, you know, in America, we're not taught how to manage money. No, we're taught bullshit math. You know, I just was having this conversation. Conversation. The stuff we're taught in school has no leverage or importance in the things we actually do as an adult. There, you, you're just, it's pointless. No, well, the, no, the point is be a consumer. Yeah. That's yeah, what the point yeah, is. Yeah. Don't manage your money. Go into debt. Get the credit card. Yeah, buy the thing oh, you can't afford. Are you in debt? Just move it to another credit Yay, card. Yay, no interest for no six interest months. Six, you'll pay it off in that time. You'll be fine. Oh, you didn't get it done there? Move it to another credit card. Hey. Just keep it. And then your credit is shit. Want a payday loan? <laughs> hey, we'll pay your credit card off. How great. Low interest. Don't say no. Don't worry We're about- inside your kitchen now. Yeah. Sign the papers. <laughs> it's just so... It's so mob style. It's, it it's like mob style. I'd hate it if you fell down a flight of stairs if you didn't <laughs> sign this. That'd be a real shame. You see, you see Uncle Larry on your mm, patio? Yeah. That was a credit card situation gone bad. Sign the papers. A lot of guys that don't sign suddenly have kneecap problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right I would, down there. You go right, right down, down the there. Street. Just right down there. Yeah. <laughs> right down. It is crazy, man. We are not, we are taught to consume. That's what we're taught to do. So I forced myself this, this going through this financial crisis. I've gotten so much smarter with money. I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I Ooh. read um, the Dave Ramsey Financial University book. Um, which are two books I cannot recommend enough. What is the one, the Dave Ramsey one? It's called Financial University or, or Financial Peace or something like that. But he's a money management guy. And, and both of those books are the simplest. And both of the, like, Dave Ramsey goes, I'm not saying anything new. Right, but it's not, it's, you're not it's taught- public knowledge. You're not taught it. You're and not- so you'd literally have to search it out in order to know. They, they, you'd have to fucking work to find information that would save your financial life and you learn like the difference between a need and a want yeah i'm starting to i just started to learn all that in the past couple years and like literally downsizing all of my shit well that's the thing too like now i have a nice little one bedroom it's rent controlled 
if I came into a bunch of money, I wouldn't buy a massive place. No, I wouldn't either. I would just buy... Like a teeny little spot. I'd buy a two-bedroom. Yeah, yep. And maybe with a view of the ocean? Right. I can see the view, I can see the ocean from my roof deck and my pool. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I directed this TV show this last year, and it was for PBS. And What was it called? The FNX, uh, First Nation Comedy Experience. It was a Native American stand-up series. That's fun. First one ever. Wow. I'm not Native. I always got to say You look it a little bit. You look a little quarter. <laughs> a little 23 and me, you Native. You look a quarter, short foot. <laughs> uh, many moons we came down. Oh, they're short foot or nine. We came down from the mountains and settled in the creek. Is that a Carol Burnett character you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is my spirit animal just came right out of my cervix. <laughs> we went so long without sorry, going dirty. I'm we went sorry. so long. It's clinical. It's cervix. Okay. It's a medical term. Okay. All right. I didn't say pussy. <laughs> Shit. God damn Fuck. it. Fuck. Mother cock farm. <laughs> Sperm bank. DVD fourth title, Mother <laughs> Cock Farm. I'm just writing down all of these... Guys, these are going to be available on Netflix in the fall. The box set of this show is oh, going to be... Oh, box set. <laughs> box set is going to be the fifth title of the DVD collection, rounding it out nice and smooth. Yeah, and the photo will just be a <laughs> pussy. It'll be the box set. And it'll, just... it'll be so close, you're going to think it's an orchid. <laughs> is that an Ansel Adams photo? Is that Georgia O'Keeffe? What is that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So um, what's your word of advice for these people before we get out of here? Um, here's Based? my word of advice. Yes. We, are all, we, we are all victims of being born in America. Mm-hmm. We're all victims of being born in a capitalist empire. So once you just get awake, get knowledge, go outside. Get woke. Get woke. So don't watch the corporate media. Right. Unless you want to see jokes. Because Fox, MSNBC, CNN, they're all the same. Watch it's all your, bullshit. It's all bullshit. Watch you buy ad time on them. Boeing. Really? Boeing needs to buy Jesus. ad time? The pharmaceutical companies? It's all bullshit. Rachel Maddow, Sean Hannity, they're fucking professional wrestling characters. Are they? Yes. So they're just... Pup- all that's puppetry. All puppetry. Rachel Maddow, you know... Okay, she's crying about the kids getting separated, which is awful. And wow, good for that's awful what's being happening yeah. at the border. Why is she not crying about the 120 kids that die every day in Yemen? Right. Just, you know what I mean? That's just an example. So right. I'm just saying, wake up, go to alternative sources for media. What are great alternatives alternative sources? Empire Files. There's a show by Abby Martin. She is a fucking laser beam of truth. She is unbelievable. It's called Empire Files. And they She's on YouTube. I would watch, um, I would read Caitlin Johnstone. I thought you were going to say Caitlin Jenner's memoir. I'm like, wow, this, this took a turn, wow, but okay. did not predict that. Caitlin Johnstone? Caitlin Johnstone, she writes a blog. Um, follow like Katie Halper. I would watch Jimmy Dore. Um, I would and these w- are all like news sources. Independent people- media news. Yeah. Independent news. Because um, those people aren't, their, their agenda is just to spread truth. the truth. That's it. But it's so hard. You have to again, like information. You if you dig, dig to find it, and then read these books and get get out of the fight books because part of this is they want you in the American, the corporate capitalist the cycle. The cycle. Yep, yep. So get out of it. Yeah. That's why I would say read those two books. Yeah. Get yourself informed. Read Chris Hedges' "Death of the Liberal Class." That's a great title. It's fan- that book will wake you up. And it's just a way to like really. It, ironically, through this literature and um, these shows and, and these alternative news sources, that you get like financial freedom, which ironically will get you closer to the American dream if you get outside of the circle where they're selling you that same American dream. They want you in a rat race. They want you having to go to work and in debt and buying. Because you can be controlled. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in not a gonna... ball. You're running around in a ball. You're a hamster in a ball. You're not going to resist. You don't have time to resist. Right. You can't afford to resist. You got to pay off your debt. Right. Look what happened with you and your house. You couldn't, you, they had you by the fucking balls. Shit. We went a few more minutes without. Damn it. Fuck. Um, and what about like, what would be your word of advice as far as like going through being sober and staying sober and, you know, being through a stressful situation? And because a lot of people, people I know close to me, those stressful situations, th- those are the things that put them deep in a yeah, hole. Yeah. You know, I, I had moments where I wanted to blow my head off. And if I owned a gun, I would have. 
That's why I'm, I don't, I don't want to own guns. Right. <laughs> um, I think what has gotten me through that and kept me going is, you know, and then when I started doing political vigilante, my YouTube show, I'm covering a lot of intense stuff. You need balance. Yeah. So I also do yoga. I surf. You ro- you ride a legitimate bike with like a cushiony. Your seat looks like a legitimate ass. It's a it's a soft. <sighs> I'm trying I'm so sorry. hard. My seat looks like a being s- fist fucked. Yeah, and it's I. <laughs> Your seat looks like I could sleep on it. It's a it's a strap on dildo, and it's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Where's this bike available? You literally like. Talk about balance. You rolled up, and I was like, Lance Armstrong has arrived. Like, yeah. you had wrist things. You were, like, hooked up to, like, a oh, machine. I love gear. You had I'm, those, like, you had, like, aero. <laughs> you're, like, ergonomic and aerodynamic glasses. Like, you shot through my garage gate at such a velocity. I was like, there's a Velociraptor on a, on a speed bike. I'm part robot. Um, <laughs> so, the, remember the cop from the second Terminator movie? Be like that. Be liquid metal it that can take human form. Liquid metal. You do have to find that balance, especially, like, just getting your body moving. I've, I'm a firm believer in... So, one of the things... And, and find the gratitude in things. Yeah. I, I would suggest if you're going through a dark time, do this every night before you go to bed. Write down the five things you're grateful for that day, the five things you're powerless over, the five things you did well, Ooh. and the five things you like about yourself. That's the toughest one. Yeah. If you're really beating yourself up, which I can do. We all can. Um, I started doing that every day. And if you have outside things, I would look into support groups. I would look into, you know, I had some memories of some childhood stuff come forward that were repressed after yeah. a while. That's not easy. Um, and I would suggest getting help for that and, and living in isolation and doing all those things to numb you out. Yeah. Drugs, alcohol. All that's just, to, just to push. You're literally just shoving it in a garbage. You're pushing your emotions into your garbage disposal. Yeah. You're just shoving them down when you do all that. And it'll come back. It'll come back and it'll, it'll manifest itself physically. Like, I started to have really bad chronic hip and back pain. Isn't that crazy how, like, emotional stress will manifest in physical pain? There's no two ways about it. And, yeah, it was, I was flying 100,000 miles a year on the road. And, sure, that, but. It, it's still, it, it's, it comes out. It'll find a way. Mm-hmm. It ha- it's just like a, it's like pressure. Mm-hmm. It, it just is going to, you know, it comes out in lower back pain. For me, like, when I am f- stressed out about stuff in my life, I'll have like definitely like some sort of like GI tract issues and then like sometimes I'll queef. <laughs> I just felt we went 2 minutes? We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> like if if I think about like stuff that, you know, like just That's a stress a stress trauma, queef. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I feel better." I feel a little bit better about all my issues with my uncle. Is there a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. I queef and I snorted. I'm available for children's parties. Children's parties? <laughs> queef Snort, the musical, uh, starring... Just Wrapping <laughs> up our DVD <laughs> titles. Queef Snort. Queef Snort. But yeah, that's what I would say. I would, you got to find balance in life and go around people that are supportive and loving. Don't be around any toxic behavior on any level. Yeah, that's... You, you got to get... You, you got to get the fuck away from those... I don't care what it is. Anchors. You know, they sink you down. There's there's a lot of comics. I have a lot of wonderful comedy friends. They're they're awesome. There's some comics that are pretty dark. Yeah. And there's some clubs and areas that are dark. Yeah. You just got to go. What you just got to. You got to follow the light. You got to follow the light, man. You got to go where there's joy and love and support, and that'll be the thing that that gets you through a tough time. Well, and that's don't be gorgeous. afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to talk about it. That's and delightful. Especially then, if you're and if you're a man, don't be afraid to cry. We're told, Sir, amen. Don't be. You're told, don't cry as a man. Yeah, because you know you, you're a man. And then this we want America. Yeah, you got to eat beef and beat bitches. Beat bitches and drive a truck. Yeah, you got to shoot shit. <laughs> Guns and beer and Guns and beers and, and domestic abuse. I'm a man. I'm an American man. Yeah, and that's you want to combat toxic masculinity. Start there. Yeah. The, and and when that thing. Oh, you cried. You're a pussy. It's like. Pussies are strong, first uh, of all. Babies very come out of there. And they tighten up. And, they, and you get kegels going and you snap something. And so 
expressing yourself emotionally, especially as a man, is maybe the most courageous thing you could ever do. It really is. Like whenever, you know, in the past, uh, men have been expressive, which has never happened until now. Uh, (laughs) You're just like, oh, okay. Like when a man is able to be emotionally available, it makes you more emotionally available. It's calming. It is. And I think, I mean, and also don't when you're, when you're, be okay. It's not easy, but you're going to have people judge you. I've had women go, ooh, too emotional. It's- oh, yeah, because they're taught assholes is the way to go. Yeah, he's they're weak. Taught, yeah, you're, they're taught like, oh, no, I need you to not like me yeah. in order for me to like you. And if you're showing me emotion, ew, ew. something's wrong with you. Or you can't protect me if you're doing right, that. Right, right, right. It's so crazy. So, like, be okay with that and be okay with expressing yourself in whatever way. And, again, find love and support. Don't isolate. And, and make sure that you stay active on a bicycle and you show up looking ready for a fucking triathlon. Be always ready to go. <laughs> Graham Elwood, you've been a delight. Tell people where I can where I can find you. I know where to find you. I'm going to show up at your Uh-oh. house. I'm going to take a shit on your lawn. Restraining order. <laughs> um, where can my people find you? Go to GrahamElwood.com. From there, you can get... Comedy film nerds, political vigilante, funny Afghan, fun Af, laugh, fun Af, <laughs> Afghan, fun Iraq, Iraq, a laugh, <laughs> fun again, fun again, F again. What is it again? Kuwait a giggle. What's it called? It's called Afghanistan. Um, queef, 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 queef again, queef again. Iraq queef. What's it called? Iraq queef. Iraq queef. Ira Queef is Ira the, he's the producer on my film. No. Afghanistan. Yeah. You go to Grandma.com, you can get Afghanistan, you can get Earbuds the Podcasting Doc, you can get all my social media, okay. you can support my Patreon. Yes. All of it. Just go to GrahamElwood.com. Awesome. Thanks for being on here. Dude, man. this was so rad. Yeah, I think we saved a lot of lives. <laughs> I hope so. You're welcome, people. I hope you enjoyed it. This has been the Sharp Tongue Podcast, and this is the part where I have to figure out where I can shut it off. Shut it off. Oh, hold on, I'm going to figure it out. Here we go. Damn it. They're still listening. Oh, Hi, everybody. I'm full of joy and light. You fucking pussy. You son of a bitch. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to skull fuck you. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.